Hey, reality programmers, I have an exciting topic for you. I just presented this topic at the Mid-America Hypnosis Conference here in Chicago, and I wanted to share a lot of this information with you because this is the basis for reprogramming yourself. And it comes from Carl Jung's quote in making the unconscious conscious. So today's topic is how to make the unconscious conscious through programming your reality. So hey, I'm Denny Van. I develop and program Roku channels and I program websites to be ADA compliant. And I also teach humans how to program their reality. So programming yourself is no different than programming a website. And you are programmable, but how? Marketing knows how. So today I wanna share with you the how, and you will set up and experience your self-directed healing team. And this is where the conscious, the unconscious, and the subconscious, some are calling it the superconscious. And in these, uh, in this information, you're going to learn why some are calling it the superconscious. So, but you are programmable, and these three parts of you that make a whole are going to learn how to do the reprogramming and integration work. But how are you programmable? So today I want to share the how, and you're going to set up and experience this for yourself. So Carl Jung got me on this journey of, all right, well, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. Well, how, how do you make the unconscious conscious? And it was in 2001, I was at the top of my career. And I am a professional linguist specializing in nonverbal communication. And I had contracts on the corporate, state, and federal levels. And at age 35, I was diagnosed with a fast spreading form of cancer. I said no to traditional treatments. And I was told that I would be dead in two years. Was it fate? This started me on my journey to becoming a practitioner. So over the next 21 years, since the diagnosis, the combination of training in various modalities plus observing the nonverbal communication that happens on deep levels. And many years of studying and training in hypnosis, NLP, acupressure, cranial sacral therapy, EFT, the nervous system. And I love to connect with the newly labeled organ called the interstitial system. So we're going to get into that in more details. But my definition of practitioner is a perpetual seeker while keeping the balance between practice of healing and the nonstop search for tools that may produce results that were not possible before, seeking faster, 
simpler, longer lasting, less complicated, and free of side effects. So let me know in the comments, are you a practitioner? Tell me what kind of practitioner you are, because what you're about to learn will only blossom what you already know. Yes. And also keep the questions and the comments coming as well. So this journey resulted in the development of techniques and that these techniques reprogram the unconscious effectively. Yes, I said that out loud. You can reprogram the unconscious. So we're going to get into a little bit of technical stuff, but what we're doing is building a framework to jump off from. So I'm not going to teach you anything new. What I'm sharing is that framework that teaches each part of the whole how to do the reprogramming and integration work. And that is the conscious, the unconscious, and the subconscious all have a role and a job to do in order for the integration work to be successful. So because it is possible to reprogram, reprocess, and integrate any learned mental or physical reactions that emerge from the triggers in our environments. So as we are experiencing within our own communities, we may see that in your own communities today and in our environments, we are pretty much projecting on each other. So we see this in our three-dimensional world. We are unconsciously projectile vomiting on each other. At least that's what it looks and feels like anyway, energetically. So projection is a misalignment with the inner and outer world. The habit of projection, and it's a habit that can be changed, it's set up when we experience trauma, betrayal, abuse, discomfort. A defense mechanism is activated by the habit of refusing to acknowledge within the self, yet see it in others. We feel resentment, hatred, and anger toward them. So projection occurs from what is thought or believed about a person is actually the disconnected and despised self. So by pointing to others, we reduce our own discomfort, self-hatred, anxiety, or bad feelings about ourselves. And then pointing to others helps us avoid responsibility for ourselves because it's too painful, difficult, or uncomfortable. Then we justify our anger, ideas, beliefs, and impose them on others. This is the cycle we are in. But how do we get out? So projections happen on an unconscious level. Basically, we are what we're doing is trying to change the image that we see in the mirror. We're trying to change the image we see in the mirror. We are 3D images. 
So what's projected out can't be changed. Change cannot happen at the mirror or conscious, unconscious levels. Yet we keep trying. So somebody called this the cycle of insanity. So therapy is focused on the conscious thinking mind and symptoms manifested in the nervous system. It does nothing for the unconscious behaviors, reactions, or triggers because the change work doesn't happen where the issue is. The change work happens at the subconscious level or what some are calling the superconscious level. Hypnosis, and as a master hypnotist, I've studied hypnosis for many, many years. Hypnosis is a state of consciousness where seeds of thoughts, ideas, beliefs are implanted into the unconscious to affect conscious behavior. However, the process of making the unconscious conscious is a process of dehypnosis. That's right. So, in this process, self hypnosis is an integral part of self directed healing with the ability to self enter desire states for behavior change and process integration to happen. So we're going to get into the states in more detail later on. But the conscious mind and subconscious are not one unified mind like many think. They learn very differently. So the shift from therapy-directed healing to self-directed healing is having a strategy and framework and working with the subconscious on a co-creative level. And I would like for you to experience that. So this process does not require repeating the trauma story. Instead, self-directed healing starts with making the subjective objective. So, but what does that mean? How do we make the subjective objective? Well, we're habitualized in the subjective. So it's going to take some awareness and training to move from subjective to objective. And I'll tell you what I mean. If you were to say, I am angry, it's very subjective because somebody looking at you might not know how angry you are by looking at you. So it's very subjective. I am angry. However, if you use the pain scale, you make from I am angry to I'm an eight on the pain scale. You just made it objective because now who's asking and wanting to know how angry you are and yourself are now looking at it objectively. This is what's important when we use the pain scale. Once the trigger, the behavior, or the pain moves from subjective, I am angry, to objective, I'm an eight on the pain scale, problem solving becomes self-oriented. 
And this is important because the moment a problem behavior, that moment that a problem behavior, thinking, memory, pain, whatever it is that is happening, distorts the current perception of reality. It distorts it. And then once aware, see awareness is key, it can instantly integrate without outside help. This is where you begin the programming, self-programming process because self-directed awareness is number one, it's key. So teaching the subconscious because it learns very different from the conscious. So teaching the subconscious to discover solutions to issues and then carry out the agreed upon process. And you're going to learn that agreed upon process. So any trauma memory, conscious or unconscious, distorts how we perceive our reality, our thoughts, and our behaviors. So, so far, we've learned two of the four steps that bring these three parts of a whole together and soon we'll be experiencing how to do the reprogramming and integration work. So those first two steps are awareness and make the subjective objective. So behavior is determined by internal and external stimulation to create memories. And there are two kinds of memory. We're going to get into some technical stuff, but it's going to make sense as we start working with the unconscious and then teaching the subconscious how to do the work. So the two types of memories are content memories and emotion memories. So content memories are sensory experience, content memory structures and they contribute to behavior and emotion memories, emotional experiences that we have. And these emotional experiences can differ greatly, even between two siblings having completely different childhoods experiences growing up in the same household. So these are very two distinct types of memories. And these memories, they have unique structures that associate with previous learned memories and emotions that create our behavior. These memory structures represent our reaction to the current experience. Memories are recycled repeatedly in different combinations to create new memories for reinforcing behaviors or creating new behaviors. So all brain and body activity is run and managed by memories. This means that it is possible to change memories in order to treat learned and habitualized mental and physical issues. That's right. We learn them and then we make habits out of them and they can be changed. 
and reprogram. So these memories are metaphors for what is real in our mind, body, and nervous system. Memories are either dormant or active in the conscious, unconscious active experience. Dormant memories do not partake in creating behaviors. Only memories on the conscious and unconscious active experience take part in creating behavior. So Dr. Gary Flint's research, and I'll have these resources, all of the resources will be at the end, but Dr. Gary Flint's research on over 80,000 participants shows that the subconscious can be trained to reprogram, release, integrate the unconscious structures that affect thoughts, emotions, memories, and behaviors. Here's the how. Pay attention. Through co-creative linguistic metaphorical instructions that do not hurt the subconscious. That's right. Through co-creative linguistic metaphorical instructions that do not hurt the subconscious. The subconscious is open to communication. It can choose which issues or parts to integrate and it will only integrate those parts that are willing to be reprogrammed. This is important. They must be willing to be reprogrammed and integrated and which parts to release what no longer serves. So unresolved suppressed issues submerged in the unconscious can bleed into and influence our conscious behaviors. We've all experienced that. The conscious subconscious work together through the feeling of the wish fulfilled or of the answered prayer. Knowing the seeds planted will grow. So the process that I use through this self-directed healing is through a state of prayer. And we'll get into details about states. The subconscious is controlled by the conscious mind. Let's say that again. The subconscious is controlled by the conscious mind. Whatever you think or feel about another creates a body memory and attachment. So the subconscious is a language process independent of the conscious and unconscious activity and of all memories. It has capacities far beyond our expectations. This is why some are calling it the superconscious now, but it's basically the subconscious. So again, the subconscious is a language process independent of the conscious and unconscious activity and of all memories. 
This is very important to understand right here. The subconscious is also able to work independently of our personality and can treat negative beliefs, memories, and experiences. And with the work that we've been doing, we have ha been having some phenomenal feedback. So quantum physics tells us that we are built with and governed by these unforeseen forces. And so dealing with realities we can't even see, the cause of our reactions are in a different reality that we can't see. So physics calls it virtual reality, but it is a hidden reality. And here's what's important about this hidden reality. We can program it. So this multi-dimensional hidden reality affects our lives on so many levels within our fields and how it interacts with other fields. Our behavior is affected by activity in the hidden reality. So we know this about groupthink. We know this. This hidden reality is a metaphorical interpretation of the 11 dimensions of hidden reality or string theory. So what Dr. Gary Flint did is he applied this theory to behavior and ourselves. So what we are doing is we are co-creating with this hidden reality to cause change in behavior. Unlike the conscious and unconscious, the subconscious operates within this hidden reality. So if we can work with the hidden realities, would that lead to changing our 3D experience? I trained in cranial th sacral therapy with the Upledger Institute and Dr. Upledger, um, he's passed, but he has a book called The Inner Physician. And he is quoted here by saying, my belief is that somewhere inside of you is the answer to every question that can be asked about you. My concern is that we make a connection with that part of you that knows the answers and that those answers can be shared with us and used for the good of the total you. Dr. Gary Flint discovered how to train the subconscious to be the co-creator, the inner physician and learn that this ally has an enormous capacity to make changes in memories and behaviors. Once the subconscious mind is trained, it can be used to integrate, treat, and reprogram many issues. Not only issues from our present reality, but generational issues, memories, and reactions, and begin to work in harmony with the subconscious to solve barriers that stop the healing process. 
These barriers or memory structures are also known as shadows or parts and attached to emotional pain from traumatic past experiences. Now in the work that I do, I call them parts because some parts can be kept and some parts can be let go of. And with shadows, we always have a shadow, right? So we're always keeping our shadow. So in the work that we do and the metaphysical imagery work we do, we let go of parts and like to call them parts. But even painful experiences and these shadows or parts that attach to this emotional pain from the traumatic past painful experiences, they create simple to complex memory structures. Now, these parts are memory structures that can go from dormant to active and cause unwanted behavior that intrudes in our current life experience. And these parts are independent of the main personality. These memory structures could be complex structures that could stop any treatment process. These complex structures are treated differently from basic structures. And um, these are successfully resolved through this process. When memory structures create a barrier to treatment, these barriers are referred to as fields. When a barrier to treatment is discovered, it's time to problem solve with the subconscious. Flint's theory shows we can communicate and work with the subconscious to identify the next appropriate intervention and solutions to barriers. The subconscious is an ally and willing to learn to help identify, reprogram, release, and integrate these parts. It is the programming language that has access to the brain and the entire neural network. It can learn to reprogram memories by removing or adding emotions. Three things are needed to make the subconscious an excellent ally for the reprogramming and integration work. And that is clear communication, access to all memories, and a way to process and integrate the reprogrammed memories. So because the subconscious has no sensory experience, it is able to see learned history and the internal dynamics of active memories. The subconscious can also control internal processes that cause changes in the experience of memories and behaviors or treating and integrating the emotions associated with them because each one of those parts they have assets that want the wholeness of you wants integrated. Our habitual thoughts and feelings create a blueprint that the subconscious installs 
and runs on your 3D programs, your 3D experience. If your mental blueprint has images of fear, worry, anxiety, lack, doubt, cynical, then the quality of the mental imprint, it will give the experience of toil, tension, anxiety, uncertainty, and limitations of all kinds. For example, how often do you tell yourself not to do something? I'm not going to eat that anymore. I'm not going to drink that anymore. I'm not going to smoke that anymore. And the next thing you know, you're doing it and then some, right? So if I tell you to don't think of a pink elephant, what are you going to think of? This is how the subconscious learns. And this is powerful. The process of thinking forms impressions on the mind. And these impressions become manifested as facts and experiences. The subconscious does not experience time and space. It is infinite intelligence. It is present in its entirety at every point simultaneously. Parts of us that are amnesic or disassociative are the dynamics of our personality. This is ignored in traditional therapy. These parts act like mini personalities that will go from the back seat to the driver's seat and serve some function in our behavior, then go back to the back seat again. Amnesic parts could serve as barriers to any change work, like hypnosis or therapy. And pre-birth amnesic parts can disturb adult behavior. We know this. Memory activity or active memories refer to those memories that are active in either the conscious or unconscious active experience or both. Memories that are available to be triggered are dormant. So we see this happening all around us. All of a sudden, everybody is getting triggered about everything. So the dissociative process flags unnecessary or painful parts of a memory in order to move the unwanted parts of the memory into the unconscious. So these flagged memories are called dissociated. The activity of dissociated memories is in the unconscious experience, not the conscious experience. However, we can shift and empower ourselves to change the things we can and become aware enough to integrate the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of the behaviors that surface when the unconscious is triggered to release, let go of what no longer serves, and consciously integrate the assets of the trigger. That's right. Your, trigger your triggers, they have assets. We want those assets. This is how to make the unconscious conscious. So when we get the assets of the trigger while processing on the subconscious levels 
to reprogram the automatic unconscious behaviors to conscious behaviors while dissolving our reactive buttons. So you don't have buttons anymore. You still have memories, but you're not reactive to them. You might respond to them. This is why in the work that we do now in reprogramming, we don't want you telling the trauma story over again. So you don't have these reactive buttons anymore. This is the process of making the unconscious conscious. Using the external triggers in our 3D reality to start the process of integration of deep-seated beliefs, unprocessed emotions, and parts of the personality that are submerged and we're unaware of, are controlling events, choices, reactions to the experiences in your life. And most of us don't even know it. The subconscious communicates through imagery and metaphors, allegories. Metaphors are powerful tools for communication. Remember, don't think of a pink elephant. Metaphors are effective at instructing and guiding the subconscious to make changes in memory removing negative emotions from memories and causing changes in behaviors. Metaphors communicate directly with the subconscious by accessing states of consciousness. So, you know, showing my metaphor for slaying the cancer dragon, you know, telling my subconscious what to do. And we're going to get into some technical stuff here with brainwave hertz. And that's shown as HTZ, but they're frequencies or hertz. And in the beta waking frequency, it's between 14 and 21 hertz. So our brain is pretty active between 14 and 21 hertz. So we're awake, we're doing things, we're working, we're active in our waking time. And there's something I want you to really pay attention to with alpha, theta, and delta. If you notice alpha, its range is two to 14 hertz which is restful. And that's a pretty wide range, 2 to 14 hertz. It's 12 point hertz, um, whereas 14 to 21 is 7. So the alpha has almost a double range of hertz. But notice here, theta is 4 to 7, which is within the alpha range. And delta, which is four and below, is also within the alpha range. So in the work that we do in self-directed healing, we take you through many states in the alpha range. And some of those may include theta or getting down into before going into deep sleep, listening to some reprogramming linguistic words for the subconscious and then listening to that as you come out of 
deep sleep. And so these are ways that you can use your own frequencies. And you know, when you're in waking 14 to 21, the mind is active, you might be ca caffeinated, you've got things to do, you got that task list, you got stuff to do. But in restful, you could be in prayer, you could be in meditation, you could be journaling, you could be doing some art, you could be just doing some imagination work, whatever that is. And prayer is within that realm, not prayer like uh, religious organizations do prayer, but bringing yourself in the state of the wish fulfilled or the answered prayer in that state of knowing of, dare I use faith, but can't think of another word where any seeds you know that are sown here are going to grow. There's a knowing there. So these things happen within that wide range, two to 14 hertz and going in and out. And so in the work that we do in setting up your healing team, we go in and out. We go in and out. And some people have said they're in deep, deep, restful sleep where they can't even move their arm or I can, you know, have their arm up there as a shelf and it just stays there. They don't have to do anything with it. And so these are various states. So we bring you through all of those states when you do this work. And so alpha is restful. And then theta is the dream, imagination state, intuition, these innate qualities that we all have. When you enter this state while working and speaking and accessing your source or higher power. And, you know, children, they're pretty much in theta all the time until about the age of seven which is the age of consciousness. They're consciously aware of themselves. And so we know that there are many ways to access these various states of consciousness. And, you know, we can use hypnosis, definitely hypnosis, self-hypnosis is one of the best things. So if you see a hypnotist or a hypnotherapist, be sure to record the words, the language that is used to communicate to the subconscious. Listen to that in states of theta and going into delta, into sleep. And then the first thing you do in the morning coming out and maybe listen to it in the middle of the day when you go into prayer or meditation. So these are ways that you can keep and cultivate the seeds of change that you want the subconscious to begin to create in your 3D reality. So self-hypnosis is big, but there's also breath work, meditation, prayer, plant medicines. And I'm gonna add one. This is assembling and, and instructing your self-directed healing team. And I would love for you to experience that. And it is quite the experience. So the first thing that we usually do in starting up and assembling your healing team, your self-directed healing team, is number one, get permission. And one of the things that I do is I use a pendulum. And with a pendulum, 
um, I ask it for things or I programmed it to show me what's happening in the energy, which is coming off of me and connected to whomever is connecting with me. And it shows me four things. And Dr. Gary Flint in his books, I'll have those resources. He did muscle testing for yes and no. And he also had the client put their hands on their lap, lift their first finger for a yes, lift another finger for a no, and then lift something else for a maybe. I, that could be right. But with this a pendulum, I get four responses. I get a yes. I get a no, I get a maybe, and I get a polarized. A polarized is going in reverse direction, counterclockwise, whereas clockwise is a yes. And polarized meaning that there are two beliefs, opposing beliefs within your unconscious that are pretty much canceling each other out. So we want to diffuse and let go of those that polarize beliefs so that we can move forward and bring to us the things we want in our experience. So this work is excellent for group settings. And because we don't repeat the trauma story, all of the work is internal in these internal dimensions. So once we start and set up a uh, your healing team, your self-directed healing team, we start at a point of awareness and where you are on the pain scale. So in the next video, we're going to get into details on setting up your self directed healing team so that we you can begin to reprogram yourself working together on a co-creative level so that you can reprogram self-love and self-care meditation and spirituality your relationships not only with yourself but with others reprogram your finances reprogram your health reprogram your business and career Reprogram your giving and volunteering to give back to our communities. So it's a four-step process, and you're going to learn that four steps in the next video. And in the meantime, reality programmers, I want to hear from you. What was a aha moment? What do you agree with? What would you like to learn more of? What do you disagree with? Let's keep the conversation going in the comments because I want to hear from you. And then next time in the next video, you are going to be setting up your self-directed healing team. And we're going to go through a process of practicing it in how to do it so that, and then we're going to anchor that process within your self-directed healing team so that as you go out in your environment and you may start to get triggered by what's happening, you can start healing it within yourself first. Now, the 3D reality might take some time to change. Just don't even look at it anymore. Focus in on what you are supposed to be doing. So until next time, Keep being amazing.